At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah! Is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hello. Uh, hello, Marcus Parks. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I got my snowsuit on because the snowflakes are falling. <laughs> uh, Kathy Griffin, public enemy number one of the week. Can you believe it? What is she, 60 years old and like 95 pounds? You would have thought she was the world's worst terrorist, uh, judging by the reaction she got after her you know, ridiculously stupid, outrageous, uh, moronic, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's Not dumb. funny, uh, but her photo shoot that she did with a uh, severed head of Donald Trump covered in blood uh, in Kathy Griffin's mind. Uh, it was a, uh, I guess, a satirical take on he's bleeding from his wherever, uh-huh. uh, which is, of course, a statement that he made about then Fox News anchor uh, Megyn Kelly. So uh, she's gotten uh, into a lot of heat. Even Donald Trump himself and Melania mm-hmm. have come out and tweeted at Kathy Griffin. You know, just when you thought, man, could he get any more presidential? And then sure enough, he does uh, tweet at a, uh, a comedian, a female comedian, uh, mostly known for her wonderful hot takes on celebrity culture. Oh, and, Lord. Oh, look out. Uh, of course, Kathy Griffin, I, I don't approve of uh, what she did. It was satire. Uh, but I also, uh, you know, th- this backlash against her right now, it is her First Amendment right to be a, a, you know, a satirical character. I'm not sure. Just because she's a comedian uh, doesn't necessarily mean that all of her actions are meant to solicit laughter Mm -hmm. and certainly this did not solicit laughter Um, but now the right is acting just like the left did uh, when you recall that incident with the rodeo clown which of course are supposed to be pillars of society (laughs) when the rodeo clown wore the Barack Obama mask and uh, and the left was absolutely livid and they had that rodeo clown fired get him out of there get him out of there not uh, not uh, up to rodeo uh, clown Uh, he's not up to that level apparently not quite good enough to be a rodeo clown. Uh, CNN, of course, they they are a corporation and they're well within their rights to fire uh, Kathy Griffin from their New Year's Eve show. I don't know how sad a person has to be to watch CNN on New Year's Eve? I think a person has to be stuck in an airport on New Year's Eve. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. Like a George Clooney movie. <laughs> that would be good. So CNN is within their rights uh, to fire her as well. Uh, but of course, we, you know, we, we just uh, the, the right has argued that the left are snowflakes for eight years. Yeah. And now uh, we see that indeed uh, the right are just as, as cold and unique as mm-hmm. the left. 
left. Uh, they are absolutely livid. And one of the great ironies is uh, Ted Nugent. Uh, he was a man. Of course, he's a rocker. I like some of his songs. Yeah. I and, mean, I really loved Amboy Dukes. They were great. That was his first band. Journey ooh. to the Center of the Mind. Wow, that's kind of a fun journey. That's what Martin Short did in Inner Space. <laughs> really exciting. Uh, of course, in 2007, Ted Nugent threatened to uh, kill both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, uh, Ted Nugent took a fake gun to an effigy of Barack Obama, shot it, and told Barack Obama to suck uh, his uh, his assault rifle. And of course, again, he was in the White House, in the Oval Office, with President Trump. I disagree with both of their antics, both and Kathy and, uh, and Ted Nugent, but it's within their First Amendment rights. You almost forgot that Kid Rock was along on that trip. I didn't forget that Kid Rock was along <laughs> on that trip. Kid Rock just hasn't done anything so flippant and disgusting <laughs> against Barack Obama. In this case, in this world that we live in, where now we, uh, the people who do a show called Last Podcast on the Left, solely about true crime, uh, <laughs> where we have become the voice of reason, Kid Rock is also the voice of reason. In this scenario between Kathy Griffin, Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, the man who had a, uh, what was the name of... Uh, oh, I love that song. Yeah. What was the name of the little person that he <laughs> Joe was... Joe C. Joe C. Yeah, that toured him to death. Tour, yes, the man who <laughs> toured poor little Joe C. to death uh, is coming out as a pillar of society between Ted Nugent and Kathy Griffin. So I'm actually going to go on Tucker Carlson this week, and I'll let you guys know how that goes, uh, because he always throws you curveballs. I'm yeah. sure there'll be uh, somebody without a head just being like, <laughs> I was very offended by that, and uh, how do you defend her? I guarantee you, a, a lot of the same people that are so offended about this are the same people that would send emails to each other. Sure. Pictures of Barack Obama with the bone through his nose wearing African garb. Like, Absolutely. It's the exact same people doing that shit. And, and you know, we we get asked a lot of times where where First Amendment, uh, where, where do the rights of the First Amendment end? And of course, in my personal opinion, and I believe that this is uh, the majority of people's opinions, it ends with violence. Yeah. Uh, you're allowed to peacefully protest as soon as you go the, the Proud Boys route and start punching on people or Antifa route and start punching on people. You, your First Amendment uh, rights have now been nullified because you violated other people's uh, constitutional rights yeah. uh, to, to protest and free speech uh, in their own right. Yeah, and the appearance of violence is not violence. It is not, and certainly this is satire uh, in Kathy Griffin's case. And uh, it's also, it, it's very interesting because the right you recall, Sarah Palin, she was passing out um, a lot of uh, paraphernalia, a lot of memos things like that with crosshairs over them. And th- these crosshairs were over districts where uh, she perceived Congress people to be too s- hard on guns, mm. uh, not open-minded enough uh, to the Second Amendment. And then, of course, we had a situation uh, like we saw with Gabby Giffords when she was shot in the face by a lunatic fringe individual, Jared Loeffner. So sometimes I do understand art can lead to violence, but in this Kathy Griffin case, I think the right is making uh, much ado about nothing and, uh, and really proving themselves to be hypocritical when they rail against political correctness, safe spaces on college campuses, uh, when in reality, uh, you know, they go to their own safe spaces and they are um, offended when political correctness doesn't go their way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll def- definitely going to have a fun conversation uh, with Tucker Carlson. Uh, on that subject. And of course, this is also Kathy Griffin is just another great indicator of what we've been honoring and what we've been praising in this society now for uh, basically seven, eight, nine years. Uh, If you want to get attention, do something bombastic, do something hyperbolic, uh, do something uh, violent, and then you will be covered for better or for worse. I don't think that Kathy Griffin is going to be losing her core base. I think her core base could care less uh, what she does to an effigy of Donald Trump if she stomps on 
on it, uh, whatever it might be. Of course, Kathy Griffin, known for uh, having more live performances than any comedian in history, men or women. Uh, that doesn't mean she's good. McDonald's claims to have over a billion hamburgers served. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're great uh, products or great hamburgers. But nonetheless, her core fan base will be fine. It's just really uh, difficult to wrap our heads around how people aren't recognizing the hypocrisy in their own minds when they get so upset about a comedian um, saying something uh, or um, acting in a satirical way against a sitting president of the United States when, again, for eight years, they passed around some extremely hate-filled literature and pictures of then-President Obama. It's the same thing as the Colbert thing. Like these, totally. uh, it, It's amazing. And, you know, we've been talking about this since last summer. We've been talking about this shit for a year, how thin-skinned these people are yep. and how they constantly confuse taking-no-shit uh, for being thin-skinned. I mean, Absolutely. They, all these people, they can dish it out, but they can't take it. Absolutely. So, as I said earlier, Donald Trump tweeted at Kathy Griffin. Meanwhile, Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, of course, a woman that she that he greatly um, angered during his NATO speech. Of course, that's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. These are our allies. Uh, and he went overseas and completely angered them, despite the fact that we are in one of the more destabilized times in U- U.S. history, specifically with the North Koreans launching a missile uh, near the Sea of Japan. Of course, a massive U.S. ally. At this point in time, our, our allies are needed, yeah. uh, specifically for our global footprint when it comes to fighting uh, in, in the international wars that our foreign policy has entrenched us in for, what, now the past uh, 16 years. Yeah, and not only do and, we... And before that, of course, with Nam and God knows what. Yeah. And not only do we need our allies, but our, our our allies need to know that we're there for them. Sure, and they don't know. They, they no. are completely confused on what's going on. Uh, they don't know where the U.S. leadership role is in the world because Donald Trump has this America first vision, but as we'll talk about here coming up in the episode, wanting to pull out of the Paris uh, Climate Accords, all he's going to do is give power to the Chinese to take the lead on it and mm-hmm. give power to all these other nations to take the lead on it. And that'll set the United States back in the view of the world and in the global community. So when he says America first, uh, in reality, he is putting America far behind other nations and allowing them to fill the power vacuum that inevitably, when the U.S. Uh, pulls out of anything, is created. Yeah. Uh, as we saw with on uh, foreign policy front, as we saw with like ISIS and things like that when Barack Obama pulled out. This is uh, one of the reasons, of course, a reaction to uh, to W's foreign policy. But when 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 a power vacuum is cr- a power vacuum is always created when the U.S. pulls out and withdraws. Well, whether these isolationists know it or not, or whether these isolationists want it to be true or not, we are living in a global society. It's yes. done. It's over. Uh, it, it's already happened. You know, the communications that we have right now and the economy that we have right now, it's a global society. That's it is. Ju- that's just the way it is. And sticking your head in the sand and uh, pretending any different is only going to put us behind. It's only going to put America in a worse place than we already are. Well, specifically when, again, we live in this world where we have a lot of enemies and it would be nice if we had uh, more solidified support both uh, for us giving and receiving from our allies mm-hmm. which I think is uh, really destabilized uh, the entire uh, the entire world and that's why people are uh, questioning what's going on and why uh, the world is in a power shuffle, uh, which obviously someone like a Vladimir Putin is more than happy to uh, to be a part of because, of course, for many, many years, uh, the Russians were not doing nearly as well as they are now under uh, the uh, 
dictatorship mm-hmm. of Vladimir Putin. So we have all of that going on, and our president, Donald Trump, is busy tweeting about Kathy Griffin, a uh, satirist who is desperately attempting uh, to um, get in the get in the public eye so she can maintain her career and maintain her role as a, uh, a comedian on the forefront of, uh, of what's going on in uh, in society and in uh, politics. Yeah. So it's, it is really a, it's an amazing um, uh, world that we're living in right now. Uh, Donald Trump got back from his trip overseas. Uh, he had a bunch of tweets that just went out randomly that he had to delete because they were very dated because I've, they didn't let him tweet while he was overseas. And he did get back. And yesterday, uh, well, it was around midnight, a little bit after midnight, he tweeted uh, something completely unintelligible <laughs> that uh, social media has had a field day with ever since. But despite the negative press, Kov Fifi. Kafifi. <laughs> no, I think it was C O V E F E. No, right? it's C O V F E F E. I think I think he was trying to write coverage. Oh, uh, and that's didn't. the most accurate I've heard so far. Yeah, he was trying to write coverage despite yeah. the negative press coverage, uh, and for some reason just didn't finish up with it or yeah. got distracted. And pre- as he is wont to do, uh, he yeah. gets distracted extremely easily. If you've ever seen the movie Up, there's a dog in it <laughs> uh, that is very similar to the temperament of our current president yeah. of the United States. Yeah, you uh, don't Donald want Trump. You dog. don't. <laughs> you don't want a president uh, that gets easily distracted and. Pre- Presses the wrong button. Well, you know, that's a little bit more of it. They don't just, I think they're giving him fake buttons. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of just like, get that word easy off of that big red button that we stole from Target and we can give it, or Staples rather. I guess so that we can these, give it. Look at all these buttons. I got the best buttons. That's a nice button. Push the button. Every time I push the button. Bank. Jared Kushner delivers him another steak with ketchup. (laughs) Uh, But Jared Kushner, of course, now. So uh, Donald Trump lands, and uh, there's been a massive shakeup in the White House. Uh, We know for a fact there are at least three leakers, um, and these are anonymous individuals. And it's not as easy as Donald Trump thought. It's not a reality television show where you can sit them across from you with a series of producers and cameras and just demand them to be fired and have them exit the building um, in shame. It's a long process to get these leakers out. You have to go through a whole series of different things. It takes days. It takes weeks. So we know that the, the White House is cracking down on those leakers, uh, which is only going to serve to isolate the president more. I mm. mean, we really have a situation where his inner circle was small to begin with. Kushner, Bannon, Ivanka, of course, Michael Flynn immediately gone. H.R. Uh, McMaster, who can't quite get on the same page as Donald Trump because Donald Trump is oftentimes uh, tweeting or just saying things without um, speaking with H.R. McMaster mm. and uh, the individual's in his uh, cabinet before he goes on air he just speaks and then they're left to sort of clean up the mess uh, either change what he said or um or in Sean Spicer's case, uh, desperately attempt uh, to defend uh, the man's words. Well, for example, very a very recent example of this is uh, the whole Jared Kushner back channel thing. Right. Uh, is they, they came out, the official said, like, listen, there's nothing wrong with back channels. You know, it's good. It's a good thing to have back channels. Well, there the are ver- some people that have said that, yes. And, of course, back channels are nothing new. Right. Uh, yeah. But then the very next day, Donald Trump tweeted uh, a Fox News article that said there was no back channel. Well, you know, Fox News is the best. And again, (laughs) 
Uh, I did have, and and also a uh, a story with absolutely no sources. Of course, I mean it, it's just the same. It's the double standards, like you know. And he also tweeted a week before that you can't believe source. You can't believe uh, articles that just claim sources, and then sure. he releases an article of the exact same kind when it benefits him. And we'll get into a little bit of what uh, Jared Kushner has been accused of doing. But first, I did this show on Monday called The Specialists at five p.m. on Fox News. Eric Bowling, who is, uh, I suppose, other than Sean Hannity, now that Bill O'Reilly is gone, uh, the second loudest uh, Trump supporter on the network. So he's probably one of the loudest Trump supporters in the world. And uh, man, was that an interesting experience. The amount of Twitter love that I got, but what's the opposite of love? Hate. <laughs> That's right. That's the amount of Twitter hate that I got for just trying to make rational opinions, uh, for just trying to formulate rational thoughts uh, was absolutely astonishing. And it really was, it was Twilight Zone-esque because uh, in the minds of the people that are watching that show, everything is fine. Everything is going amazingly mm-hmm. well. There are no problems with the White House. And to some degree, I don't disagree with the notion that perhaps the left has gone a little bit too all in on yeah. the Russian scandal. It doesn't seem as if we're finding out uh, as much as we once thought might be there or as the left thought might be there. And that's okay. And the left does have to accept the facts as they lie. We of can't. Uh, we, but we also have to remember that these investigations take a federal investigation takes years. It takes quite a while. And of course, as well, even despite the Russian collusion argument that's being made by the left, uh, the James Comey situation, who will be testifying in front of the Senate very soon. And I can't can't wait for that because when he's under oath, I think he's really going to hopefully uh, tell us uh, some information that we don't uh, already know, which is exactly what we need because everyone is just coming up with their own hypothesis and everyone is their own sage and their own scholar because there is no actual, uh, we don't know the truth yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to know the truth to the best of our our abilities. Of course, if it does come out that Donald Trump asked uh, James Comey to end the investigation into Michael uh, Michael Flynn, the then uh, security advisor, that's a obstruction of justice and that's a whole nother charge so we're gonna have to figure that out but does that turn into a he said she said type of situation uh, well that's why the comey memos would be very important right uh, okay apparently james comey took very documented notes because uh, right now he has a, a good friend of his out sort of speaking on his behalf and i'm forgetting the name of his friend but uh, but he just said that he takes copious amounts of notes and was always very uncomfortable with the way that donald trump approached him uh if you go back and watch some of the footage uh of them in the Oval Office, James Comey is sort of standing as far away as possible from Donald Trump. Donald Trump summon, summons him over uh, for a very bizarre <laughs> hug well, type well, thing. Was, Comey was trying to hide in the curtains. That's the what thing they were is, si- that Comey is 6'7". He's my height. He's 6'8". <laughs> yeah, he's exactly my height. And I know, and I felt the height jokes were just like all over the place. Be like, he can't hide. We can see him from the sky. We can see him from Mars. And I'm like, leave him alone, okay? For crying out loud, uh, this poor guy, there is nothing worse than being a tall guy who just made a mistake who was just or who was just like hope they don't see me <laughs> not happening uh so poor james Kobe spotlight uh spotlit by donald trump uh in all of this kind of way to uh so donald trump could 
uh, potentially, or at the very least, according to the friend of James Comey, that made James Comey very uncomfortable because Donald Trump was attempting to befriend him, uh, mm-hmm. theoretically, to sway the investigation again into Michael Flynn, which then that is obstruction of justice. So even if that investigation went nowhere, uh, now we have a new charge, and we're going to find out again uh, when James Comey is under oath speaking and testifying in front of the Senate. Just another example of Donald Trump not understanding the role of the White House uh, and how to to act and behave in an appropriate way, given the checks and balances that have been in our government uh, ever since its founding. Well, it's still, it's just gross incompetence. It, it is gross incompetence. It's a man who doesn't know what he's doing in that position. Has no idea what he's doing. And, and I still get, you know, the people that wanted to change, they wanted something sure. different, of but you, you're not going to hire a bus driver who doesn't know how to drive. Well, uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what is it, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2? It starts with an amazing bus driver scene. Freddie He's not a great bus driver, great serial killer, but just horrible at driving a bus. I guess it's the claw. Maybe he can't shift. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hell, maybe the shifting thing, you know, maybe this is a better uh, analogy. Is like you can't you, you can't hire someone that only knows how to drive an automatic to hire a stick shift. Yeah. They might figure it out, but more than likely sure. they're just going to burn out the transmission. Or to expand the analogy even more, I just read an article about a man who tried to steal a car and got caught because it was a stick shift. Uh, and so you wonder, you know, he stole the presidency, you know, Steve Bannon, the insurgents, the insurgent presidency and they're like it's a stick clutch ah, <laughs> I don't know how to use this <laughs> I think that that's quite appropriate um, however you know if you do look at at Donald Trump's uh, you know uh, first foreign trip uh, Israel they, they were met with with quite a bit of, it was a, a, a positive reception now NATO uh, talking about NATO and the people and the uh, nations of NATO uh, paying more of their GDP I don't necessarily have a problem with that uh, in theory uh, that what the sort of the the notion was kind of a handshake agreement in a very strange way was that nations who were involved in NATO would pay 2% of their GDP. Well over 50% of the nations in NATO don't do that. And the U.S. pays 3.6% of our GDP. So we are paying a lot more in for NATO. Again, however, we need those alliances because we have a global footprint uh, in a military sense that is much larger than theirs. Uh, However, I don't mind the idea of them chipping in a little bit more. I don't mind the idea, but on the other hand, uh, one of the reasons why we give to NATO is that it ensures the peace. Uh, and sure. if there's not that sort of agreement there where all of these countries are essentially all agreeing, we will not attack each other. And that we also, we're, we're all here. And if someone attacks us, then all of us will attack the other country. It, it keeps the peace. It is well within our interest. In fact, it is oh, very sure. much in our interest uh, to make sure that NATO Stands the way it is. It would be much more yeah. expensive for us if NATO were to not exist. Oh, absolutely. And I, uh, he wasn't calling to disband uh, NATO. It's difficult to fully understand what he was calling for, and it was quite an embarrassment, I think, in many ways on a national stage. And I don't like the uh, Justin Trudeau. I think you know, I think he's a uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And Angela Merkel. I don't. I'm not in love with these people. I think a no. lot of the Americans are sort of uh, you know praising Benjamin Netanyahu. These things. I don't know. They're they're all just leaders, and they have their own flaws, and uh, and and their constituents disagree with a lot of what they're doing. Um, but it was difficult to watch a U.S. president literally being laughed at yeah. uh, from other foreign leaders when he was attempting to make a demand. He didn't. And then of course he. 
he gave them uh, his cell phone number, uh, which mm. has national security concerns written all over it. Everyone's just like, you gave him your cell phone number. What is happening? <laughs> Why would you do that? There's a secure line. We have to use uh, these these uh, secure lines. Well, we have protocol. But of course, uh, he wants to do a lot of his governance at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, and he's also using these bullshit business tactics. Sure. You know, that's how you these make... Almost movie business tactics. <laughs> like, he's not actually a businessman. He watched a movie on, like, Wall Street or yeah. something. Well, that's how he, he tries to make them feel important by giving them his personal cell phone number. You want a big deal go through, you give someone your personal right. business number. And it's a bullshit tactic that doesn't translate to government. Well, because at the end of the day, when his his mentor being uh, Roy Cohen, of course, the uh, as we've talked about, the lawyer from McCarthy during the, the horrific uh, communist scare of the evil McCarthy bastard. era. Very evil. Considered one of the worst human beings on the face of the planet from people who I consider to be the worst human beings on the face of the planet. He's the, <laughs> he's the worst of the worst. No he's the guy that Roger Stone looks at and goes, ugh. Oh, I can't believe that guy would do that. Uh, then he, but of course he takes quick quick notes and is like, I will do that too. But that is fine uh, for, for Roger Stone if that's the way he wants to live his life, I guess. Unfortunately, uh, the rest of us have to pay for how Roger Stone lives his life. Some of it, yeah. Some of, some of it is very large overarching reach uh, that has been quite unfortunate, specifically when it comes to the lobbyists, uh, the lobbyist world that we live in now. But let's, okay, so that that's what he was talking about with uh, with GDP and NATO and, uh, and, and perhaps, uh, of course, the U.S. also has a much larger economy, so 3.6% of our GDP. We are giving a lot of money. Yeah, we are giving a it lot is of a money. ton of money. That's um, not in dispute. And uh, and certainly uh, the, the European Union and, and a lot of the nations uh, involved in NATO are going through their own struggles, uh, as we'll see now with uh, with Theresa May uh, and uh, trying to figure out what Brexit's going to look like. Uh, the EU is is is, uh, is in an interesting uh, place right now. The whole world has been broken up like peanut brittle, and uh, people are trying to figure out uh, where they fit in the world and if they have the possibility to take a leadership role. I think the Germans are definitely looking to do that. And again, uh, the Chinese certainly are, specifically if you look at what happens now uh, with uh, the North Koreans and the Chinese basically uh, being the ones with the stick Mm -hmm. in that situation. We can't give sanctions any longer to Kim Jong-un's regime. We basically have every, I mean, they're starving. Yeah. Uh, There's not much else we can do. Unless we want to do something militarily, which would be a massive nightmare. The Chinese don't want it because they would have a refugee crisis uh, that would be horrific. And then, as we've learned, uh, we cannot be entrenched in these wars. And the North Koreans, I know they're thin. I know they're Kathy Griffin size, but I am horrified <laughs> yeah. of messing with the North Koreans. They don't got a lot going on, and I think they would love a, a good uh, war theater uh, uh, being played out on their homeland. Every man, woman, and child in the country fighting to the death. Absolutely. And fighting for God, with essentially. Our, Kim Jong-un, of course, being the god, the the the, uh, the Kim dynasty, yeah. being being the ultimate deity there. Yeah, you think, uh, you think Iraq or Vietnam is bad. North Korea would be an absolute... Nightmare, of course, and then- at, at every turn it would, it would, uh, and uh, I think our soldiers would come back uh, with the worst. The ones that do come back would come back with horrific PTSD. Of course, from like having all of these to, wars. from having to get. I mean, but just from having to kill families because that shit. Those people are going to fight because their God tells them. It would to. be horrendous. It's a cult, you know. As it you've is, been, as yeah. you've been saying, like this is, it is. absolutely a, a cult.
halt, and it would yeah. be horrendous to do, take military action there, boots on the uh, ground. Uh, of course. And then what happens? Do we have South Korea? Do 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 they? Uh, do we combine Korea? And then how does South Korea uh, somehow afford to finance North Korea? Does China give up North Korea, or does it become a massive proxy war that we're bogged into for generations upon generations? Because we know for a fact uh, we're never going to have boots on the ground in Russia. We're never having boots on the ground in China. We're always going to have boots on the ground in these poorer nations that mm-hmm. really have nothing uh, to stop us from having uh, our way in their region, which is exactly, of course, what Vietnam was and to some degree uh, what Iraq was uh, if you look at what uh, you know foreign policy uh, with Iran and places like that. So let's talk uh, a little bit about what happened with the ICBM interceptor missile. Uh, there's a lot of uh, military theater going on this week. Uh, we have a missile. It's called, I believe it is just called the interceptor. It's called the, the ground-based mid-course defense missile oh. shield. Okay. Ground, what was that? Ground? Ground-based mid-course defense. Well, that's the- no acronym. GMD. GMD? All right, we'll do GMD. <laughs> they usually have funner acronyms. Uh, well, ICBM isn't that, I mean, ICMBM. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's true. So uh, they tested this, and it was a successful test. of It, it took it shot down an ICBM. Uh, and now where was this over? Was this over the West Coast? It was, yeah, West Coast. It was missile fired from California. They fired okay. from the, they uh, did, they fired the missile from California, and they fired the defense from Marshall Islands. I see. And okay. essentially the, what it is is that, you know, it's just taken down uh, and, an ICBM, an intercontinental ballistic missile. This is, and this is a technology that, of course, Ronald Reagan was sort of laughed out of the uh, White House. Uh, Star Wars. With, Star Wars. This yeah. is kind of Star Wars. It's the dome. It's very similar to what we have right now in Israel. Israel, of course, being a much smaller country that's much easier to dome, uh, much like Springfield uh, in the Simpsons movie, <laughs> uh, although slightly different, obviously. Um, so they were able to launch that successfully. And now that does sort of change... MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction, uh, which is the notion that a nuclear uh, launch, and I say nuclear the way that I say nuclear, so don't send me emails. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We say words how we want to say them. We have have accents. We come from different parts of the country. Just uh, settle down and focus on the real problems in the world, people. Um, Like Kathy Griffin. That's (laughs) that's what it's all about. Poor Kathy Griffin. News radio. News radio. she was a great guest on Seinfeld. (laughs) Um, Although some people have been making fun of her guest role on Seinfeld. They said, she's my least favorite, oh, which come on. that's important. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, so this sort of puts mutually assured destruction, this notion that it being suicide to launch a uh, an attack, uh, this sort of does uh, destabilize that notion a little bit. However, that is kind of an older policy anyway. That was when we had uh, binary choices of superpowers, the Soviet Union, and of course, the United States. Well, this debunks that notion if the other country only sends one missile. We can well, handle one, uh, but if they end up sending quite a few uh, or just one real one and a bunch of decoys, uh, then this missile defense system isn't going to be all that accurate. You know, this is basically um, kind of a, a statement to the North Koreans for the most part at this point. I think the North Korean scare is exactly that, uh, you know, I guess uh, to harken back to McCarthy. I, the North Koreans can barely get these missiles off the ground. Uh, granted, it was quite a provocation uh, having one uh, launch in the Sea of Japan. Yeah. But they're really, it is technically soon to be possible that they could hit uh, the West Coast. I, I just don't 
quite see it happening and I don't I'm not quite as, as scared of the North Koreans as I think a lot of people in power specifically in this administration would like us to be to sort of get uh, to have the have a bit of a distraction when it comes to uh, what's going on with the United States's role as we've been talking about in the world so you always have to have a boogeyman and of course this harkens back uh, to W Bush when somehow it was Iraq Iran and North Korea as an axis of evil when that's not an axis. Uh, so I thought that was like, as you just literally threw in North Korea out of nowhere. Yeah. So they've been in the and back also of the Iran minds. and Iraq fucking hate each other. They're not, they're not thrilled. No, they're not thrilled. <laughs> and, well, and always have. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Paris uh, Climate Accord. So this is something, this is the Paris Climate Agreement. Donald Trump wants to get out of it. And in a very strange way, this, this would align us now with uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Nic- I'm not sure who exactly exactly is in charge of Nicaragua at the moment. I don't know, but that would align us with that with that country and with Syria, yeah. who are both not in this. Uh, the only this. three countries in the world oh. that are, <laughs> are not a part of the the, the Paris Climate Agreement, which it, is it's 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 it's, it's unfat. I, I don't get I don't get it at all. I really don't. Well, this is you know part of Donald Trump's uh, promise to renegotiate all these contracts, to pull out of things that the United States he deems uh, the United States to be wasting our money on. Uh, however, this is not again. Nothing is easy. Uh, all these things are very intertwined, interconnected. It would take several, several years to fully uh, pull out of this agreement. And of course, there is no reassurances that Donald Trump will be in office for four years, uh, let alone eight years. Uh, certainly uh, enough time. Time, uh, even if he, let's just say he does have two terms, that still might not be enough time to finalize a pullout uh, of these uh, of the uh, Paris uh, Climate Agreement, and it's being met with a lot of backlash, certainly from left groups, of yeah. course, people who are very concerned about the environment. Again, uh, China will probably take the lead now on on climate change globally, uh, which will give them a stronger foothold in the world. But you also have Tesla, that's Elon Musk's company, uh, Tim Cook of Apple, Dow Chemicals. Uh, these are massive corporations that no one would consider to be bleeding heart liberal uh, climate uh, you know, groups. And they are against the idea of Donald Trump uh, pulling out of this agreement. The only people that it currently helps in a very short term, in a finite amount of time, is your coal and, uh, and your oil industries. But at the end of the day, everyone agrees that we will have to be looking for alternative energies uh, and, uh, and certainly pulling out of this agreement won't benefit us in the future when we do have to get those contracts and we do have to uh, create the world of the future, which is going to be multi-pronged, multifaceted when it comes to energy. They don't care. Uh, I mean, people, well, they want people, that short-term profit. Well, yeah, because they're going to die before well, it that's comes. True. <laughs> that, you yeah. know what? No, I don't. I don't care either. Now that I think about it. <laughs> well, they're going to come. They're going to die before it even comes time to switch over to renewable energy. Uh, they're going to die. You know, they're going to die long before they really see the effects of uh, climate change, mm-hmm. which you know we're going to see all up and down the the coasts of every single country in. The world. Well, uh, is, we're going to start seeing some disastrous effects, some weather patterns changing, and you think we have a refugee crisis now? It's uh, going to be big. It's going to be gigantic, and these people—they uh, just don't care. Uh, and I think some of them actually revel well, in the fact that they are um, actively destroying the earth. I you think know, they like it. It's interesting you say they don't care. Uh, it's easy not to care if you don't believe climate change is happening. Yeah. Uh, Marcus said before the show there was a Republican, I believe, a congressman. Mm-hmm. who said if climate change was real, God will fix it. Yep. Yeah, Representative Tim Wahlberg told a constituent last week that God can solve the problem of climate change if the global phenomenon truly exists. This is 2017. 
I mean, yeah. this is amazing that we have an elected official who would still go back to this barbaric notion that somehow God will fix. And I'm not even demonized. I mean, you can believe any kind of faith that you want, but let's be let's be reasonable here. Uh, God is not going to fix uh, climate change I mean, because it's, it's not a, that's not a plan. I mean, this is I mean, this is like Middle Ages thinking. Right. Uh, this is not you know, and you go you, you go back to the 20s. You even go back to the 1800s, and you're not going to find a single congressman uh, mm. in the United States who has has such a dumb shit notion of uh, the environment or of anything. Well, you know, we really have with the rise of technology and social media, and there's so many great things that have come with it. I, I mentioned uh, before I, on the show, we wouldn't be able to do last podcast on the left with uh, with uh, Henry in Los Angeles without uh, technology. You know, yeah. we would have had to end the show basically. You know, if, if someone moves out to the West Coast, uh, even ten years ago, we would be we would have uh, have had to end it. Um, but my goodness, the median uh, intelligence level really taking over. Yeah. You know, we have a core or lower than that because of social media. Um, there are, there, we've given voice to so many people who previously did not have a voice and, you know, um, and I don't mind people having a voice, of course, but it certainly has seemed to lower the uh, amount of willingness to investigate, explore, be inspired by uh, science and things like that. This anti-science backlash is really a fascinating phenomenon to watch. And, uh, and you know, uh, of course, there are some sciences of ever evolving process and they yeah. will be wrong. And that's the whole. But there's nothing wrong with being there's nothing wrong with having a, uh, a an outcome that was something that you weren't expecting. That's science. And yeah. at some point you're supposed to collect data and we should have a reasonable policy based on data. Well, anti intellectualism is not a new phenomenon in America. This is not something that has just popped up because people spend too much time on Facebook. This has been something that's been a part of our country for a long time. Uh, but those people uh, until now and until pretty recently, the last 20 years or so, mm. have not been in power uh, in, in government. And, but, and of course, now we're having, uh, you know, our first sort of generation uh, that have come up through standardized testing, through, uh, you know, just massive government uh, programs when it comes to education that I think has completely eroded the intellectual curiosity of children because teachers are teaching to the test. Uh, students are just having panic attacks, looking at these stupid bubbles uh, and random answers that are given to them without any critical thinking skills. Critical thinking skills are not being praised right now. Uh, flippant responses and very archaic, uh, rigid uh, forms of learning are the core, the epicenter of the United States public education system right now and so we're watching what that looks like and I do have a lot of faith uh, in the younger generations I think the people who came up uh, with those government programs are going to end up smarter uh, than than uh, than previous generations in a lot of ways because um, they're going to realize what BS that was mm -hmm. and I also believe the younger generations are going to be on the forefront of privacy uh, when it comes to things like net neutrality not having businesses sell and promote uh, products to us and sell our data uh, they're going to be against facial recognition um, they're against cameras on every corner. I think the younger generation that's been filmed in utero to the grave are going to be much more sensitive and aware of privacy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I th so I have faith for the future, in other words. Um, but yeah, right now, these people that are in office, my goodness, are they, uh, these, these the baby boomers 
Uh, mm. You know, it, they're just such an entitled. I know that's, that's what they say about millennials, but in reality, millennials have had to navigate a minefield of hell to try to figure out where to fit in the world um, because of overregulation, because of telecommunications acts, because of militarization of police, whatever it might because be. Because of the uh, recession in 2008, sure. because of 9-11, because Absolutely. of uh, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Totally. Uh, I mean, and the baby boomers, yeah, I mean, they went through uh, Vietnam. Not all of them did. Um, Donald Trump didn't have to go through Certainly Vietnam. Not. Not, the, uh, not the ones in office, that's yeah, for damn the ones, sure. The ones in office, besides people like John McCain, uh, a lot of them didn't have to go through all of that shit. That's right. Uh, and a lot of the baby boomers out right now, uh, these people, like if you had to go through Vietnam, those people are in their 70s now. Uh, and these baby boomers that are in their 50s and 60s, you know, the Vietnam War ended when they were in high school. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the 70s were a tumultuous time, but, you know, they lived through uh, the prosperous 80s, the even more prosperous 90s. Yeah. Uh, and they have been making decisions for us for decades now yep. that we're going to have to deal with for centuries. We're just going to have to unravel everything, which is yeah, we're the gonna irony to- is that's what people think Donald Trump is doing right now with what Barack Obama passed, and in no. s- some ways he's unraveling some <laughs> no, things that maybe weren't good, but for the most part, it's just creating more well, yeah, that we have to fix. We're, we're, yeah, exactly. We're uh, unraveling but. so much. And now he's uh, starting to attack some of his base. Uh, he is proposing in part of his cuts. I would, My uh, father actually talked to me about this a couple of days ago. Uh, Donald Trump is now proposing his cuts in the Department of Agriculture mm-hmm. are going to cut subsidies for farmers. Uh, uh, a huge amount of subsidies for farmers. And this is going to completely fuck over cotton farmers mm. in Texas. And uh, my dad actually I mean, he wondered, you know, how are those congressmen out there going to defend Trump when all of these farmers suddenly lose their subsidies and then subsequently lose their farms? And then you have your two-pronged immigration situation, as we've talked about on the last episode, uh, with more uh, uh, undocumented uh, people being uh, detained uh, than, than previously. Where do you think they worked? They yeah. work on the farms. And once you lose that farm, you don't get it back. You don't get it back. And these farmers, you know, people they're taking our jobs. Well, that's all crap. And the farmers will be the first ones to tell you that. Mm-hmm. They are hellbent. Uh, they are desperately trying to get people out to work their fields. And uh, sure enough, Jeff Sessions and uh, in his Justice Department, Jeff Sessions, of course, the Attorney General, is depleting their workforce. Mm-hmm. And these farmers, ma- many, many, many of them who supported Donald Trump, uh, are not going to be happy with his policies. Donald Trump, because uh, they're going to really see what those policies look like when they come to fruition, and it's going to be devastating for them and their families. Donald Trump has said that he wants to start going and speaking in front of his crowds more. Uh, doing more campaign rallies, uh, getting Sean Spicer off television every day, uh, maybe doing less press conferences and things like that. But I think when Donald Trump, and I talked about this on The Specialist on Fox News, when Donald Trump gets out to the world that he is creating with the policies, once again they start to manifest themselves in reality, I think he's going to see a different crowd. Once people realize their Medicaid is going to be cut, once people who are 65 and older are paying uh, quadruple, uh, even more than that, uh, for health insurance... Once people realize that pre-existing conditions are no longer covered, and sure enough, they have one. So many people don't even think they have one yeah. until they're like, uh, yeah, you have blood clots. Uh, that's a pre-existing condition. You have cataracts. Yeah. That's a pre-existing condition. You have arthritis. That's a pre-existing condition. There, you have had any sort of mental health health or mental health help. You have a pre-existing condition. So uh, I, I, people don't realize how long the list of pre-existing conditions it's are. Anything. anything. It's anything. Um, and I freaked out. I did a show on Russian television with Ed Schultz, and this woman equated uh, people 
people with pre-existing conditions paying more to people who pay more for car insurance after having an accident. And I'm sorry, you're not you're you're born with a bad heart. You're born with a pre-existing condition or you get it organically through life. It is hardly comparable to someone who has made a bad decision behind the wheel and then has to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. Entirely, entirely different apples and oranges. And that was completely outrageous. So when Donald Trump does go and speak in front of these crowds, uh, I think it's going to be a different reality. I think he's going to slowly start seeing uh, those people in the in the Make America Great Again trucker hats yelling about Medicaid. I think they're going to start yelling about the economy and the state of their lives not improving at the rate that he promised. The economy isn't doing horrible if you ask Wall Street. But mm-hmm. again, if you ask the people that voted for Donald Trump in the middle of the country in the South, Tell me what's gotten better. I mean, if they want to make, if they are really hell bent on making some sort of pre-existing conditions a part of this health care bill, why don't you do say people who uh, obese? Yeah. If you uh, have some oh, sure. sort of pre-existing condition, because well, you, that would be Donald. It is, <laughs> because it is, you know, because you are uh, extremely obese. Then fine. If you want to make smokers, uh, people who smoke uh, or people who drink and get cirrhosis of the liver, if you want to make that a pre-existing decision condition, based pre-existing de- con- yeah. decision based pre-existing conditions. That's fine. I mean, that's different. It's it's, definitely different. It's definitely different. If you want, if they are super hell bent on that, Mm. then fine. That's something. But these sorts of pre-existing conditions like uh, arthritis or like you said, like blood clots uh, or osteoporosis, these things that we cannot help or bipolar disorder or depression, these things that are just a part of your makeup where you just lost the genetic lottery for some reason or another, uh, there's no reason for you to not be covered. But it's also, I mean, with the rise of medication, big pharmaceutical companies, we're finding out now big pharmaceutical has another corpse, uh, celebrity corpse on their hands with Chris Cornell. Most Mm -hmm. likely that was an overdose uh, from a uh, drug that he takes. And the side effect uh, is immense amounts of suicidal thoughts. And obviously those thoughts won the night. Unfortunately, Uh, big pharmaceutical companies, I do think will have to be held to the same accountability as big tobacco at some point in the very near future. We're just seeing them a road our nation hell even look at tiger woods i feel bad for tiger woods he was totally sober he popped to vicodin he's got a bad back it is classic it is 101 and these big pharmaceutical drugs the vicodins of the world oxycontin they don't care what your economic class is they don't care what your race is that's how powerful these things are yeah. they go after anyone who takes them and they just destroy lives and big pharmaceutical is just in there uh, raking in billions and billions and billions of dollars. Obamacare gave them billions and billions of dollars and now Trump care uh, will give them billions of dollars as well. Of course, that will have to pass the Senate, the, the bill that passed the House and the approval ratings are extremely low. Over half of the country says it has to be completely redone uh, before it can get voted on in the Senate uh, in order to pass. So we're going to see what goes on with health care in this country. And that's the again, that's going to be uh, very important to the constituents that voted for Donald Trump, most of them older, most of them, I guarantee you, have pre-existing conditions, and many of them uh, work in agriculture, as Marcus just said. So they are really, uh, they're seeing the effects of, uh, you know, voting for a slogan, and also uh, they're seeing, uh, we're seeing the effects of not having um, competent individuals run for the highest office in our country. 2016 was abysmal. Yeah. We have 320 million people in this country, and those are the people that were on stage for us to choose from. It is abysmal. We have choices. We have five choices of Twinkies, and we have just some of the 
low, the lowest human beings uh, in the uh, in the country on stage to be the leader. Five choices of Twinkies. Yeah, I think there's a strawberry Twinkie. <laughs> there's. I'm also counting. I'm also counting zingers in there. Okay, now that, okay. No, so zingers is a Twinkie so with just, just a, saying, with, a whole, so, with a with a roof on it. So you're just counting all sugar loafs. <laughs> oh no no no! Because no, that would be a Hostess cupcake too. No I'm no, not counting, no no no, a counting. loaf. But the cupcakes aren't loaves. So you're no. probably are you putting like Little Debbie strawberry shortcake in there? No that's a no, no 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 Twinkie. No 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 no. Right. I would put in. Uh, no, that's that, that's gonna fall. No, I'm, we got snowballs. We got we got cupcakes. <laughs> but those aren't yeah. loaves. Those are not loaves. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm talking zingers. There is strawberry Twinkies. Mm-hmm. There are uh, you got your your regular. I think it's a banana Twinkie. I'm not quite sure the flavor. But we have cream. Th- it's cream. Cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And then uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. You know, but there's multiple <laughs> Twinkies. Well, now I have yeah. to find out. So, so, please, a listener, tell me all the different kinds of Twinkies. <laughs> uh, I need, desperately need to have some. Um, all right. Well, so anyway. Kathy Griffin did a bad thing. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, whatever. Look at that. <laughs> Kathy Griffin was desperate for attention, and she's covered the news cycle for three days now, and uh, it means nothing because our uh, there's many serious things going on. And uh, but we'll keep we'll try to keep on uh, explaining them the best we can. And yeah. uh, and thank you guys so much for emailing in. Uh, email me at benk721 at gmail. I'll put out another dumpster fire chat here as soon as we get the chance. Uh, we'll be in Atlanta this weekend for last podcast on the left. So Can't wait for that. Of course, talk to us after the show. We can talk about politics, serial killer whatever the heck you want uh we love atlanta because everyone's there's they're so nice and so cool they're the best yes and uh toronto was amazing as well mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be in indianapolis next week at crime con Ooh, i can't wait um all right everyone find marcus parks on twitter and at uh on instagram at marcus parks i am ben kissel one on instagram starting to use it a little bit more and ben kissel on twitter again email benk721 at gmail.com get a shirt and uh, we'll talk to you soon For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.